trunk. Better hold on there a sec while I explain something to you. I want you to understand, I don't pull my sidearm unless I'm going to shoot to kill. That's his purpose, huh? To kill, so that's how I use it. I want you to think about that before you act, and it's too late. Jesus Christ, I got a scatter gun pointed right at you. You racking a load before I put a hole through Welcome to the Yuletide TV Podcast, where we typically rate and review Christmas episodes of television. I'm Brian. Typically, I co-host this podcast, but I'm very much in the driver's seat of this episode of Screw You, Watch This. I'm joined, as always, by my compadres, Chris. Hello. And John. Howdy, partner. How you guys doing today? <laughs> I'm great. I am both. I am heard. I am probably not seen, hopefully, but, you know, good. Good. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> no, I see you. <laughs> Chris? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm I'm sitting back. I'm relaxing. I'm uh, letting you run the show. So I'm, I'm just kicking my feet up and going to chime in as appropriate. Excellent. Excellent. How's isolation going for you guys? You know, you're social distancing, you're doing your part. Well, I'm hoping that uh, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel out here in Wisconsin. I forgot what day it was today. <laughs> we got extended, though. Yes, to to around around this time, John, May 25th. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. It is almost yes. over. Yeah, yeah. just... Maybe. Almost done. It is yep. just right there, right around the corner. This ask, this is always, and will continue to be, an optimist podcast. Yes, yeah, very being about Christmas and such. Yeah, and that... uh, don't worry, this will not affect holiday sales or the Yuletide podcast. Well, definitely won't affect one of those things because we can podcast no, all day long from inside our homes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, podcasts are essential. That's why we're all doing this podcast in the same room holding hands. So, <laughs> essential service podcasting in Wisconsin. So, John, I, I didn't want to bring this up, but since it's, it seems appropriate now, uh, Chris, your palm is incredibly sweaty, and John, your palm's ice cold. Yeah, poor circulation, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just didn't say anything because you weren't saying anything that wasn't normal. It's it's just a very constantly sweaty hand that I have. We are but we are the heat miser and cold miser. <laughs> <laughs> I will only accept those titles if you can sing the song off the top of your head right now. And I've never seen that one, so I don't know any of the songs except I'm Mr. Ten Below. I cannot even come close, but I know Then you do not hold that title. <laughs> Here's, well, here's, yeah, no, I was the heat miser in this situation. And I said the cold misers <laughs> lyrics. The heat miser songs like a lot, like it has like oh. a pretty banging jazzy tempo to it. You know, it is my tempo. That's what I've been doing in my quarantine. <laughs> I've been watching all the movies I missed when I was like working. Yeah. <laughs> my Twitter's tremendous right now. I love seeing John's 4 a.m. commentary on the movies he's watching on his Twitter feed. It's delightful. What it, what's your favorite tweet so far from John at 4 a.m.? I don't know. It's more just like what he's been watching. I mean, your War Dogs commentary. They're not PG. <laughs> no, it's not PG, but it's like the War Dogs stuff, which is like 
a movie I went in with very high hopes for and came out being like, wow, what a nothing of a film and have not thought about it since you started tweeting about it again. Uh, so that was just fun to be like, hey, yeah, also someone who thought hmm, not the best. Can we can we go back as to why you thought War Dogs was going to be such a great movie? I mean, Jonah Hill and uh, Todd Phillips and Miles Teller. I mean, good trailers. Yeah, the trailer looked good. Miles Miles Teller at that point, like everyone thought was good. So fuck it. Oh, why did I watch it? Because I watched Whiplash. <laughs> and then I was like, I'll, I'll watch this guy again. <laughs> it was like a, my little recommendation thing. And Whiplash. And then uh, I'm like, I like Jonah yeah, Hill. Whiplash is awesome. Uh, I have, I yep. probably don't like Whiplash as much as everyone else. I have a power ranking of all my movies that I've watched. Really? So we have like a, like a weird okay. 15, 15 movie power ranking from quarantine. So. What's your top Whip, three so uh, Whiplash is uh, Parasite, Lady Bird, and Marriage Story in that order. I only got halfway through Parasite. I have not yet finished Parasite. That's a good top three, I will say. Marriage Story I'd maybe leave out of there, but... But but not I I liked Marriage Story. I think Lady Bird would have been the best if it didn't have if, if its ending was a little stronger. It would have beat Parasite. I think Marriage Story is Scarjovian good at acting. Man, what's what's the one that Olivia Wilde did? Drinking Buddies. No no no, the one she directed with the it was like the female super bad. <laughs> God, drink, y'all want to watch smart. Drinking Buddies? Watch watch book Booksmart. It was Booksmart. Yeah, watch Booksmart. If not. you haven't watched Booksmart, watch Booksmart. I think it. It was on Hulu for a while. Oh, and maybe Amazon. But check out check out Booksmart. All right. I probably will. I need something to watch when I'm working out at 6 a.m. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Chris, I apologize for every time that John and I have derailed your podcast. <laughs> not, so, your not so easy, is it? It's just... It's <laughs> Listen, before we continue... When I hosted, you got you had two you had two adults, <laughs> right? But uh, as the U.S. Deputy Marshal of this episode, I find it pertinent to deputize you both in honor of the episode we've watched for today. So, I, Brian Curran, Deputy U.S. Marshal of the Yuletide TV Podcast, hereby deputize you, Chris Chris Wheelick, and you, John Weeding, to assist with the discussion of Justified, a TV show that was on FX from two ten to 2015 it can now be streamed on hulu chris here's your gun oh wow it's very heavy john here's your gun let's get to work let's do it you you sure you trust me with this all right you sure nope <laughs> yeah yeah it's a water nope pistol. nope fine. nope john please give it back <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man i don't i don't have it in my script to ask for your badge and your gun out after this episode so i guess you guys are just going to be deputized for all time now fantastic okay well uh yeah like i said uh we're watching justified the pilot would you like to hear a summary i mean i watched it but i i, I guess you could tell us what happened sure okay Deputy Marshal Raylan Givens of the Marshall Field Office in Miami walks up to a gentleman, Tommy Bucks, eating at a secluded table at a rooftop pool and bar. Quickly becomes clear that Raylan is talking to a bad guy he told to get out of town 24 pri- hours prior, or Rayland would shoot him on sight. After a few more words, Tommy draws on Raylan, and Raylan shoots him dead. Raylan's boss in Miami gets pretty pissed for telling 
for Raylan telling the bad guy, he would shoot him on sight and sends Raylan to the Marshall office in Raylan's home state of Kentucky to lay low for a while. We then cut to a scene in Kentucky where outlaw Boyd Crowder and a new associate of his shoot a rocket launcher at a Jamaican church because Boyd and his associates are neo-Nazis who blow shit up and rob banks. Boyd kills his associate because he finds him untrustworthy and leaves his body in a car on a bridge. Connecting with his new boss in Kentucky, Raylan learns of a case against Boyd, which is of interest to him because he used to dig coal and drink beer with Boyd. Raylan's interest in Boyd grows when Raylan hears Boyd's brother Bowman was shot dead by Bowman's wife, Ava. Ava would tire, was tired of Bowman's domestic abuse, and there's fear Boyd might retaliate against Ava. Are you all keeping track so far? For the most part. This is all within, like, the first quarter of the episode. A lot of exposition. Yeah, it's jam-packed. A lot, lot, lot of exposition, all right? Raylan goes and checks on Ava, who's doing fine and isn't facing any jail time. The two apparently went to high school. All right. One of Boyd's henchmen shows up to collect Ava for Boyd. Did I say one of Ava's henchmen? Whatever. Uh, Raylan shoes him away, goes to talk to Boyd personally. Him and Boyd reminisce about their time taking coal together. Boyd confronts Raylan about Raylan shooting in Miami and gives Raylan the same offer. Get out of Kentucky in 24 hours or Boyd will shoot Raylan on sight. That night, Boyd goes and confronts Ava and tells her to call Raylan and have him come over for dinner. While Raylan and the rest of the marshals head out, they're ambushed by members of Boyd's gang. Raylan's able to get ahead and help Ava, who's invited inside by Boyd and gets asked to sit down at the dinner table. So we got Boyd and Raylan sitting at the dinner table. Alright, talking about their shootouts, talking about what they're packing and how they're going to draw on one another. Ava pops in with a shotgun, pointed at Boyd, says, the hell are you doing? Boyd pulls his gun on Ava. Raylan pulls his gun on Boyd, shoots him in the chest. And that's pretty much the uh, end of that encounter. Boyd lives through the shooting and gets carried out on a stretcher. Raylan's boss asks him why he didn't shoot Boyd in the heart like he was trained to. Raylan says they dug coal together. They've got a special bond. The episode ends with Raylan going to his ex-wife's house in the middle of the night to talk about why he's back in Kentucky, and basically that he was going to shoot that Tommy Bucks guy dead anyway. And it just happened that Tommy Bucks pulled on him first. And he's an angry man. And that was a pilot-packed episode of Justified that aired back in 2010. Well done. Well done. Covered all the bases. Thank you. Thank you. We still didn't say justified as many times as they say justified in the show. <laughs> I really tried to stay away from that. Yeah. Right. You know, like, if we want to just jump right oh, into wait, it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got it. I got it. Hey, Brian. Uh-huh. A summary of that length was justified. <laughs> it needs to, then it needs to jump cut to some, like, questionable music. <laughs> yeah so what's everybody's uh what's everybody's history with justified so far i i watched it when it was on tv uh through the end because it was awesome i like timothy oliphant a lot as an actor uh even though he's been in very few roles that are notable uh i've watched justified a couple times it Walt Goggins. Well, it started my passionate love affair for Walt Goggins and Timothy, Ol- Timothy Oliphant. I will say I'm probably the the least experienced with this. I watched, I'd say maybe 
three quarters of the first season of several years ago due to some bad uh, counting on my part, uh, English major, what are you going to do? Can't count good. <laughs> so uh, I stopped at like the ninth episode and was like, hmm, that's a weird place to end the season and didn't really feel compelled to start the second and found out later I had missed four episodes of the first season. And then I was like, oh, shrug. So I haven't really seen much and I haven't seen it in a while. So it was good to go back and revisit it. Like John, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Goggins. He uh, has had some interesting character bits. Uh, he's a he's a bad guy in uh, Shanghai Noon. He uh, guest starred on an episode of Community in a very fun role. Um, so, Ooh, what did he do in Community again? He was Chevy Chase's character's, uh, the executor of his will, uh, after they killed off Chevy Chase's character. <laughs> And uh, he has a very funny bit where he uh, is reading the will and needs to give everyone a canister of Chevy Chase's character sperm. Uh, <laughs> and then there's like a really good part at the end where he's like, it's like the the tag at the end of the episode where he has like done all his duties and he's just hanging out with all the characters and he, they're like getting drunk and he's like, I think you guys are great. Like, I think we could have fun together. Like, it's it's very against type character for him to play is he's, he's he's fun guy what the, i i love walter goggins the same way that i love uh the musician andrew bird are either of you familiar with him i am not only that he exists okay, okay. oh train's coming by of, oh, oh is it the polar express it's too soon too soon for the polar it's too soon, too soon to for the polar Chris. express just keeps wanting to get in these early rides and it's just like no, we need to be socially distancing. Like the North Pole does not have the healthcare facilities to, uh, you know, handle the capacity of a major pandemic outbreak that I might bring, being right. an asymptomatic carrier of the coronavirus. Right, and God knows, God knows how many elves it's going to affect up there. We don't know what their physiology is like, and we just don't know if their respiratory problems will be the same, if not worse, than ours. It's just irresponsible of Santa. Absolutely, yeah. I'm not going to have that on my conscience to halt production up at the North Pole uh, over the summer, which is probably when they're ramping up production, you know, getting those early lists in and starting to make the stuff. And I'm not going to throw off that entire production schedule by being selfish and jumping on the Polar Express right now. Elves, elves do seem like they would be at risk. Do you think this is like a Willy Wonka moment where it was a test and Santa's going to gift you, like, the North Pole? It could be. Because you did a selfless act. You know, I'm not going to put it past him. He seems like the kind of guy who might work in, uh, you know, the, there might be a method to his madness in that way. I'll just have to wait and see what kind of letter and or visits I get in the near future. What would be the first doctrine you would put in a place as the new Santa uh, to all of your workers in the North Pole? Wooden toys only. <laughs> Why wooden toys, Chris? You only do wooden toys. You you simplify it. You bring it back down. You 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 know you you let the kids get their technology somewhere else, some other time. Simpler times, wooden toys only. I think your destruction of so many trees and forests yeah. to make kids happy would be just. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> This show such a victim of its own perfect title. 
<laughs> it just keeps that. It has to say it. It's too common. It's too common of a word, yeah. It's like the first time they say it, you're like, ah. And the second time they say it, you're like, all right. There's, you're getting cocky. It, you're getting cocky. It only God. goes upward over time, too. Like, the justifieds per episodes only right. increase. <laughs> well, just imagine. Because, like, you know, they do have to talk about, you know, the shooting of Tommy Bucks and the shooting of Walter Goggins, you know. And I, I imagine that the diction between law enforcement officers would include a lot of justified right what were the actions justifiable you know uh was he just in his shooting so i just imagine that the writers didn't know that they were going to call the show justified just yet and they probably had to like control find in their word document of the script like all right how many times do we have justified in here fuck we've got justified 14 times in here we can't do that uh 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 two 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 all right we gotta figure it out we gotta figure out we gotta rewrite the script we gotta get rid of all these goddamn justified why they call the show that why did they fucking call the show justified i was gonna argue (laughs) against you but the more i was thinking about it i was like well the episode is called fire in the hole it's based on a novella called fire in the hole i could see them wanting to call it fire in the hole and then having a network executive read the script coming back with a note saying great but uh Let's change the name to Justified because you got it in the script here a couple times, and that'd be clever. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I like right. fire in the hole. Sounds too old, you know. Let's let's tighten it up. Make yeah. it make it a little two thousand ten. Gotta be gotta be snappier, you know. Get that snappy right? title. This pilot really does have all the hallmarks of a pilot too. Um, it's got sets that change from the first episode to the second episode um oh does it it's got poor graphics oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's got poor graphics um you know yeah that uh, that church exploding is everybody's acting like they're not sure if it's gonna get picked up and it uh it's explosive a lot of people died it's like a little early for what it is as far as like a show and it's I think kind of what makes Justified such a weird fun watch is like it's kind of a little in front of prestige tv but like, it's clearly like has, like it has Goggins and all like Oliphant and I, like it has like the cast to be Prestige TV and like the plot too, and then it's just like, but like also, FX, <laughs> we have the movies. <laughs> it's it's very distinctly FX. I think you can. There's something like you have, you know, HBO kind of the pioneer of this like prestige cable dramas. And then, like, AMC coming up with Breaking Bad and uh, uh, Mad Men. And then you have FX kind of coming up, too, with, like, they had this and the Americans and Sons of Anarchy. And, like, all those shows, you know, they're they're kind of written, they're structured, they're clearly elevated television. But they're, you know, the FX shows are very distinct in a particular way. Like, you can point them out and be like, oh, yeah, that's on FX. This pilot i think as someone who's watched the entire series it it does a really good kind of job encapsulating everything that the series does which is kind of like draw out these personal dramas while also including you know long forest storytelling and you know good bits of gunplay and action but the fact that it tries to condense it into that 60 minute slot is a little difficult and tall of an order uh uh, for it and i think the the pilot episode is good but as you guys pointed out, and as long as the summary was, it is packed. 
There's a lot of characters, there's a lot of backstory, and there's just a lot going on. But it tells it in a it tells it very well. It should not work as well as it does with the amount of characters that are introduced, the amount of history that they are trying to build in to these characters and the relationships in a very immediate way you know that that usually doesn't work very well so i think it speaks a lot to the writing and the producing of the show that they were able to handle everything that they were putting into this so deftly yeah the plots get like super big in this show pretty much 24 7 like everything is a red herring everything is like weird and funky and it somehow all is fine and just works out okay Good, good performing, good producing, good show running. And that's why it's fun. It's, and this is a talking point that I was going to put in later, but uh, the original creator of the Raylan Givens character, Elmore Leonard, um, actually said that Timothy Oliphant's uh, portrayal of the character is like 100% spot on. And it's a very faithful recreation of uh, his tale. Um, and uh, and how he acts it out. The only thing that's wrong is that in the book, apparently, Raylan Givens has a cowboy businessman's hat, and in the show, he wears a Stetson. And where those two differ, I know not. <laughs> I think the hat works perfect, man. Does anybody have a minor in, in Texas hats? I mean, a Stetson I've heard of. A Stetson is your classic cowboy hat. I don't know what a cowboy yeah. businessman's hat is. My guess okay, would be that's like the more like restrained it, it, kind of like hat. I don't like. I feel- oh, you know what it is? You, it's it's the cowboy hat that goes up on the sides that curls up. Mm. So like, think of a think of an oil tycoon, oh. you know, from Texas. You know, that wears, like, the, the Colonel Sanders tie? That That's that, a cowboy That's how hat. you can tell if a cowboy is being formal. Oh, yeah. How about that? <laughs> formal cowboy hat, a thing I never thought I would type in my life, but here we are. <laughs> I, was, I was very impressed. Like, this is a minor detail thing, but I was very impressed as... You know, he he wears that hat the entire episode pretty much. Like it's it's Indiana Jones. Like he doesn't take it off. And as he was getting in and out of cars, I was like, I bet that's a lot harder than it looks to get in and out of car with that big ass cowboy hat on. Yeah, the the, the hat really it, it is, it's not it is not a minor minor hat. Like Raylan's Givens is a the idealized version of like nineteen eighties cowboy man, just like. I'll be wearing boots, this cowboy hat. I'll drive a Lincoln. He does not. He, I don't have a. I don't have a six shooter because I need to more effectively shoot more people at once. <laughs> I, I need more bullets to shoot more people. <laughs> I know this seems minor, but trust me, at a certain point, it's, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, I really like too that they 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 appropriately play out in this episode throughout the series how quick a hand he is at drawing his gun and firing it, but they don't overplay it too much. And that's, again, you know, it's going to be hard for me not to talk about the entire series, but they do that throughout the rest of the first season. And it's just a lot of fun every time they talk about it. Because he's a fast draw. He I don't gun anybody. <laughs> well, like, they, like, try to justify why he's somehow uh, redneck Jesus. 
A little. Ah, shit. <laughs> Take a drink every mm-hmm. time we say justified, you'll die. <laughs> but, but, but like, I don't know if it's mentioned in the pilot, but he's a he's like a college former college baseball player who could have like went pro but chose to shoot people instead. <laughs> like he's he is he is. He is the perfect, the perfect man from a small, uh, Midwest small town. And as a person from a Midwest small town, frankly, you know, bring him here. I want to be his buddy. Wait a sec. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I gotta search it just to make sure. Okay. Kentucky is technically the Midwest. It's Interesting. like, it's the mid, I would say mid South. Because it probably hangs around closer with like it's it's Arkansas right. and Tennessee, but it's what? a mixture of the Midwest and the South. Tremendous food in Kentucky. Kentucky, send me a free trip. Bring me some bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Tourism board. Yeah. Once this quarantine's over, send John to Kentucky. Sponsor us. I'd love to go back. <laughs> well, well, no, right. Santa, you can't have Christmas. It's, it's we we got a Polar Express twofer. That's that's a that's a first ever on the podcast <laughs> that that it came back. It's come back to try and get me, but I will not be fooled. Kentucky, if you send us free trips, we'll rebrand the persistent train as the Wabash Cannonball. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Any dislikes from this show? I dislike personally. Uh, country rap music uh, which happened in the uh, middle of this episode and it's the show's theme song I don't care for it at all uh, by any means I think it's in just a god awful genre it is of its time <laughs> it is 2010 <laughs> we were we didn't quite I think people often forget how terrible everything was from 2007 to 2000 now but like we like at least like <laughs> were righted a little bit by like the person like there in two thousand like the two thousands when we were just wearing awful clothes and listening to awful music, you couldn't get like roasted on Twitter for sucking, so like you were just making terrible things over and over, <laughs> and I think like, that's what it's it's of its time where it's like hell yeah who should do this theme here Cowboy Troy let's get some Cowboy Troy in this. Like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I think that's accurate. I'm like, I almost guarantee I'm right that that's Cowboy Troy. Which makes me sad that I know that. See, here's the thing. I was going to say, I was going to say this sh- this episode uh, very much feels uh, out of time. Like, uh, aside from a few cell phones that you see, it doesn't seem too dated. You know, you don't go back and go, oh, yeah, this is definitely 2010. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, it's it it's aged very well. I mean, you could have this show premiere tomorrow, and I don't think you would really see that much of a difference of mm-hmm. how they would need to execute. Aren't um? I'm sorry, I was actually incorrect. It is Gangsta Grass, but do you think it uh? Oh, Jesus. Do you think that kind of feeling out of time is because it's adapted from a novelization? That's I think significantly older. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's out of time a bit because they don't rely on any like it's not like CSI Miami where they're relying on, you know, cutting edge technology. But the pilot has an old compact computer in it, you know, with a tube monitor and that off 
that off-white coloring for the shell of the computer. You know what I mean? Like, there's not there's not a lot of technology in it. I mean, that plays to the advantage yeah. for its dating. You know, again, you see a BlackBerry, uh, uh, but I think Blackberries are still kind of used in the government because they're still considered secure devices. Right. Raylan Givens looks like a man who would think an iPhone is for is for city folks and liars. So, like, just would would bypass that completely. <laughs> but why would you have it? <laughs> but, but oh, man. Can't you, don't you have a CD player? <laughs> Go back to Potion Gators. Yep. Safer. Uh, oh, oh, here's a fun fact. Uh, the actor who plays Dewey Crow played um, Charles Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, and then also Charles Manson in a couple other... Um, TV shows, notably Mindhunter. Hmm. Dude, he, in Mindhunter, he rules. Yeah, he does. Absolutely but, uh, rules. Oh, in God, Dewey Crow is easily one of my favorite. Well, he rules in this show, too. Dewey Crow is the Job of this show. Just confidently stupid. I liked when I was watching this that there were several actors in it, as you mentioned, Brian, that had, like, you're like, oh, I know them from this. Like, and they were in very like small not gimmicky roles um but you had like dougie doug everyone's favorite jamaican bobsledder uh <laughs> playing playing the priest of that church uh you had the guy from euro trip being one of uh the people on Raylan's new team uh who is very good with a sniper rifle of some sort apparently so again playing against yeah, type yeah. so I, I don't know i just love stuff like that where it's like these people who like you may have lost track of you know them from one specific thing and then you're like oh hey there you are you're doing this that's cool the guy who plays uh black panther he guest stars in an episode of justified as well i feel like it was was one of those shows that just caught a lot of good talent that would do you know these little guest these little guest spots before they moved up in the world and it showcases that talent very well because of the uh, characters that they have in play which to john's point are just weird and almost hyperbolic, but draws you in and helps you suspend that uh, disbelief for a bit. I've I've been kind of like fighting with it because I I my favorite word for like the last two episodes or like last few episodes is like 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 a small child that just learned one is like flanderized. And I in my mind I'm like yeah like Raylan gets like super flanderized by the end, but it's because like that's how the show has to go. It goes crazy. It has to like be shooty shooty gun gun because FX. <laughs> um, but, like, I don't think it does. Like, all the characters stay, like, to a point, semi-grounded or just, like, fill their niche. And it's, I don't know, it's, like, I think the the show does a good job of is it's a good reminder that, like, when you watch, like, a movie or a TV show and you see an actor and they're, like, maybe not doing great. Like, I think the, the Oliphant can be a good reminder of that on occasion. Um, that, like, they're probably really fucking good at acting when they're given something to chew on and kind of, like, not... And, like, allowance to do that. It's not even, like, a case of, like, perfect character for everyone. It's just, like, I don't know, like, have fun. Here's a cool script. And everyone seems to be good and having fun and playing off each other. It's a great ensemble cast. It is a great ensemble cast. And I do feel like every cast member fits their character perfectly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, it works out, like... Like, just everybody. And and what's interesting is that they turned Boyd Crowder from this loudmouth, you know, neo-Nazi supremacist guy to this kind of quieter, uh, uh, smooth-talking 
character uh, character slash outlaw in later seasons, but they show that progression. It's not like the flip of a switch, and it's a lot of fun to see that happen. So he's like 15 steps ahead. That's 3D chess. <laughs> It, like, works, because, like, Goggins so good. Like, Goggins, I know, like, looks like a bizarre person, but when he speaks, kind of even, and, like, in anything he does, you're like, oh, yeah, the guy seems like he'd be intelligent. Chris, you were saying something? Well, it's just going to say that, it. you know, the the other great thing about this show is that it it comes in very fully formed. You know, the, the, the cast is great, but they also embody the character in a way that, you know, would make you forget about any past work they've done and see them as this character because they are, you know, fully fleshed out and formed the minute they step down on screen. That's what happens when you use a completed book series. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Screw You Watch This, Game of Thrones finale. I, it wasn't completed, but it was almost completed. That's my little clicking around research has led me yeah. to that. Fire in the Hole was the book that came out right after Justified started. First one's called Pronto, which hmm. is a sweet huh. cowboy name. <laughs> <laughs> is it a sweet cowboy name or is it a sweet cowboy sidekick's name? No, like the like the Come like on. the title of the movie. Come on, Pronto. Like like the title of the movie. Like, oh, like I see. Pronto. Like yeah. It's going to be some fucking horses and guns. <laughs> Could you imagine if the show was called Pronto and they still shoehorned that word in a couple times? You could do it. Like, you could be, like, throwing someone in the back of the link and be like, Pronto, let's go. We're taking you to the station. Like, I don't know why he's suddenly, like, a 1940s <laughs> movie character, but whatever. We need you to flank these bad guys. Pronto. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like you could. I feel like you could get into a who's on first situation pretty quick. Then, <laughs> you know what we need? Pronto. Yeah. No, I know we need it quick, but what do we need? Pronto. <laughs> like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, the new guy. Oh, the new yeah. guy. Yeah. All right. Pronto, get over here. I do really enjoy the back the background cast of like police people, and I like also we don't we haven't mentioned her, but like Ava Crowder and the actress doing that performance rules too but i just love the the concept of like why do what is this young man on the force for sniper rifle what yep sniper <laughs> rifle <laughs> it's kentucky yeah you'll want a sniper God, rifle you know, <laughs> it's such a shame too because him and uh rachel uh the other uh marshall uh, are such great characters later in the season to see them in the first episode to see to see the sniper in the first episode's weird because they have him in a suit and tie and it's very much not him later on in the series uh she's very spot on though yeah they take him some like very dark places <laughs> and it's kind of kind yes, of jarring they like they take justified in general because like it for sure if you just watch the pilot because you're like i i like playing along with the yuletide boys um the Yuletide Boys and their gangsta grass. But um, if you just watch this first episode, you'll be like, oh man, like this show seems like kind of like, maybe not like campy, but very like kind of like black and white, very kind of like simplified. Like there's a white hat, a cowboy literally in a white hat. Um, it does like kind of push some like gray areas, some like really kind of like deeper thoughts. Like they don't just have like the bad guy be like a neo-Nazi. So you can expressly on every level hate him. Like, as you go forward, you're like, oh, like, you kind of do have to question things. They do, like, make the show a lot more about, like, things that actually are impacting rural communities. 
it's it's uh it's a smarter show than it wants to give itself credit for yeah because they get into the recession and art times and stuff like that uh how it affects people and it to me it makes kentucky seem like a miserable place to visit and live well that's been my experience every time i've gone there like i've only i've only stopped and like been in kentucky for like two days and i liked it but i was in louisville which is like nice (laughs) so which to my understanding is like a nice kind of like modernized place i think it's kind of the difference between like stopping where Chris lives in Wisconsin and where I live in Wisconsin, where if you were to come through Ryan, you'd be like, oh God, people live here? <laughs> and like, <Right. laughs> versus in Madison, you're like, oh man, that was a delightful time. Right, so I think like, what do they call them? Hollers? I think the, the rural hollers of Kentucky are probably a little, a little dicey, but they're probably full of lovely people who'll give you moonshine. Stereotyping. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good conversation, boys. You deputies did well. <laughs> do, uh, do we do we need to give some final judgments on this one, Brian? Or uh... Uh, you know, I just wanted to make sure in my in, in my outline here, I wasn't missing anything oh, else. Okay. But uh, yeah, let's do some final final judgments. This is either a ten star, uh, which is good, watered down bourbon, middle of the road, but still Ooh. bourbon, bourbon, or an unjustified shooting. <laughs> oh okay thanks depend i you know judging by the country we live you in just, depends on who you ask about that last one <laughs> uh, i would say watching this show is completely justified um it is it is a 10 star it is a big old hat it is you're not doing anything if you're like me and forgetting what day it is because you're trapped in quarantine it is a delightful time of early days prestige TV. Chris? Yeah, I would I would go even farther than calling it a 10 star. I'd call it a 10 star. <laughs> I thought it was very clear, Chris, that I was running the show. Oh, sorry. And, yes, uh, I will respect. I'm very disappointed. I'm very disappointed to hear that disrespect in a deputy. I don't know. I thought it was justified. Can I? Um, can I have his gun? Can I have his gun if you're not if you're taking his gun? Can I? Ha- yeah. Yes. You can have two guns. <laughs> guns Kimbo. You can have two guns now. Yeah, I think if <laughs> I, I mean just echoing what you guys have said, I I think that if you missed this show when it was out, um, it's streaming on Hulu. I know that I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna watch it. I'm I'm wrapping up Better Call Saul right now, and this is gonna be my next my next watch. So. I I think there's, I think you'll know pretty pretty immediately after watching the first episode whether or not this show is for you. And uh, for three guys in their thirties, it's for us. So take that with a grain of salt. I was twenty when Hell I watched the show, yeah. and it was still for me. So <laughs> it was good then, and it's good better now. now. I don't think that makes. <laughs> yeah honestly it is better now because all the people uh who have risen from this show that have had better roles and stuff you just get that fun of going back and saying oh hey that's t'challa or uh oh hey that's neil mcdonough oh you hey know? it's the racist yeah, from Django and stuff. chain i remember when he got his balls bitten off by a dog <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> what yeah oh, yeah <laughs> Well, Goggins, beginning of his career. Yeah, he's a tremendous just, actor, and I love him, and I think he's uh, so undervalued. But like, his beginning of his career is just playing a racist, playing a racist a couple times. 
or beginning of his rise. Walter, just go out and watch anything else that Walter Goggins is into. Guy's so good. Just, just watch some, watch just some Timothy Olyphant interviews with Conan O'Brien. Those are cool too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I was about to make that same point. And appreciate. Yeah, they have a very. They're all very. Appreciate good. the trash babe, that that plays uh, Ava Crowder. I'll find the actress's name so I don't sound like a total sexist. <laughs> but that's a, when I say trash babe on the show, that's what I'm referencing. Uh, Joelle Carter. Joelle yeah. Carter. Doing a great Joelle job. Joelle Carter, who has done nothing else. We don't know that. <laughs> She's an American Pie. Yeah, She's an American similar. Pie too. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's some. That's, that's, that's a that's credit. A movie, that's a movie you can watch. I wouldn't. <laughs> She's in High Fidelity. Fuck yeah. you. There's a movie. She's in High Fidelity? Penny Hardwick. I don't remember that character. Holy shit, she was in High Fidelity. Yeah, there you go. Watch watch High Fidelity and then watch the rest of Justified. Yes. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Well, that that concludes things for this episode. Um, for next episode, Chris, what, I'm, Chris, I'm giving you my gun and my badge. You're turning them in? <laughs> and it's... Uh, yeah, this hat is too heavy on my head. It's time for you to take the wheel again. Well, you've you've done your duty well. You should be proud of your service. Uh, appreciate you, you know, taking it on. So, last entry in the screw you watch this, and I had I had a little trouble coming up with what I wanted to force you guys to watch. I had a couple ideas here and there. Uh, wanted to keep it in the spirit of our podcast where it's you know pretty easy to watch and then I realized that we were kind of inadvertently doing a little bit of a theme which was cowboy bebop future cowboys justified modern cowboys so I thought what if we went retro cowboys so for June's bonus episode and the final part of our screw you watch this series I'm gonna make you guys watch the original magnificent seven which is available on Ooh. Amazon Prime. I love Denzel. That's not the original. <laughs> oh no, no, it's not. No, we're going, we're going. Steve I'm McQueen and Yul Brenner, baby. That was ever made off an original premise. <laughs> Steve McQueen, uh, Yul Brenner, little Charles Bronson. This is a cool day for us. This is this is little, Brunson, little, Missouri. I like this. Cowboy. You're looking for Inverted Brunson. Cowboy theme. <laughs> Inverted cowboy theme. <laughs> So yeah. that's what we'll be doing in June. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out. Last month, I got to guest on a podcast, the Sleigh Bells and Mistletoe Christmas podcast. Ricky and Mary are these two women who run this podcast. They do an amazing job. A little bit, you know, definitely different than what we're doing, but really great on the Christmas side of things. Um, they usually do a little bit of Christmas news and then have an interview with some kind of Christmas expert uh, really well done, uh, about 20 minutes long, really short, easy digestible segments. Check them out. Um, they were lovely, lovely hosts to me when I was a guest on their podcast. So uh, definitely give them a check out. And we will actually be doing uh, an episode that they selected for us to watch as a bonus episode uh, coming up later this year before we start our second season in earnest. Uh, so just want to give a shout out to them. Ooh, check exciting. them out if you have a chance. <laughs> they have freed us from the computer. They have freed us from the machine. 
<laughs> yes, they are. They are our first break from the machine, uh, and and but I think they they gave us they gave us two options. I'm going to discuss with my co-hosts, and we're going to pick one. Uh, but two good options that I think we'll we'll have some fun watching. So uh, stay tuned for that later in the year, probably early fall. Um, until that time, you can always rate, review, subscribe. Keep checking us out. Share us with your friends. You know we want to get a good, bigger better audience for our second season when we launch that so stay tuned you can always email us if you have suggestions if you have ideas if there's something you want us to watch yuletide tv at gmail.com find us on instagram and twitter at yuletide tv or you can visit our website yuletide tv.com but until next time i think this was a justifiably well done episode so i've been chris i've been brian I remain John. We're happy you're alive. Did I, did I not go through again? <laughs> We're. I'm John. Yeah, you keep you. There he is. There he is. And I'm, and he's I'll, glad you're alive. Yeah. Keep, I've said keep washing I remain, your hands. Stay I said safe. I remain John. Yeah. No, you. Yeah, we got we, it. For some reason, the internet conveniently cuts out when you are introducing <laughs> yourself or giving your sign off. It's I very love this. Even though I, you know, even though I'm, I am silent. I'm happy you're alive.